Time for this week's edition of the Source Weekly Update. Hot off the press and into your ear. Every week, found wherever you get audio. Time now to take a look at a couple of the highlights found this week on the Source Weekly's website, bensource.com. First up, from our news desk. St. Charles, financially devastated. Hospital may lose $50 million in 2020. Announces plans to cut employee hours and executive pay. By Laurel Bronze. Well before coronavirus officially hit Central Oregon, St. Charles Health System took steps to plan for a COVID-19 surge and double capacity. Before Governor Kate Brown banned non-essential surgeries, hospital executives stopped them to preserve personal protective equipment. Elective surgeries are a major source of revenue and help to make up for the lower reimbursement rates of Medicare and Medicaid. The hospital is considered a nonprofit, as are about 60% of U.S. hospitals. SCHS's chief financial officer, Jen Wellander, said in the past that it has enough liquidity to float for the next seven months without revenue. But on May 28th, the hospital announced a plan to cut back. SCHS has paid 52,000 hours in missed shifts, at a cost of more than $2.1 million since the COVID-19 crisis began. Now, it's asking caregivers to volunteer to take unpaid time off, while requiring others to use earned time off or take unpaid time off during holidays for the duration of 2020. On-call employees who are called off due to low patient volumes will not be paid for missed shifts anymore. Further, the hospital's executive care team, which includes President and CEO Joe Sluka and 11 vice presidents, is taking a 10% pay cut through 2020. In 2017, Sluka took home $1.12 million in compensation, according to the hospital's 990 IRS form. Total executive pay for that period totals more than $6 million. We simply are not generating enough money we need to care for patients invest in our caregivers, and support our community, said Wellander. Instead, we are spending down our reserves, and that isn't sustainable. Next up, tourists won't stay home. Ben's occupancy rate surges to 64% over Memorial Day weekend, some local trails packed, by Laurel Bronze. Three weekends ago, Deschutes County entered Phase 1 of reopening. Restaurants, shops, and boutiques welcomed customers inside for the first time in months. On Monday, the Deschutes County Commissioners voted to send its Phase 2 reopening application to the state, which would allow gatherings of up to 100 people outside. If approved, local theaters, pools, churches, and camps could reopen as soon as Friday. Meanwhile, anti-tourism sentiment exploded on social media. People who live here feared outsiders coming to visit and bringing coronavirus with them. Strong non-essential travel advisories are flaccid without enforcement mechanisms. Historically, Memorial Day weekend is one of the busiest of the season, and this year it fell on the second weekend of the county's official reopening. Despite the ongoing recreational travel ban, visitors from the Willamette Valley flooded into Bend. Visit Bend, along with city and state officials, have been broadcasting the message to stay home, stay safe, even after Deschutes County entered Phase 1. It doesn't look like it's working. 
VisitBend reported the city's hotel and rental occupancy rate at 64% on Saturday, May 23rd, compared to 23% at the beginning of this May. Last year on the same weekend, lodging was 94% full. The report showed that many local lodging properties substantially lowered their rates compared to last year, which will drive down the city's transient room tax collections. Occupancy for all of Central Oregon was 62% on May 23rd, quadrupling from the weekend before. It's concerning how many people disregarded state and local restrictions on non-essential travel over Memorial Day weekend, and we're hopeful the uptick in visitors won't lead to further spread of COVID-19, said Kevney Dugan, VisitBend CEO. VisitBend will continue to urge potential visitors to stay safe and stay home until the governor deems it appropriate to resume leisure travel. While we're not yet ready to welcome guests to Bend, the enthusiasm for Bend travel does bode well for the city's economic recovery once the pandemic is behind us. And finally, the peaceful protests of Central Oregon. Organizers of the weekend's local demonstrations look to what's next by Nicole Vulcan. Saturday's Black Lives Matter peaceful protest in downtown Bend was organized in less than 24 hours. On Sunday, two more followed in Redmond and Prineville. On Tuesday, another protest started near Bend City Hall, before moving from the Deschutes County Courthouse to Bond Street and back to City Hall. Hundreds of people gathered near Greenwood Avenue and Wall Street Saturday morning, eventually doing an impromptu march from Wall to Bend's busy 3rd Street. Aquarius, age 21, said her desire to stage a peaceful protest went from idea to fruition in just one day, with the help of many others. She was thrilled with the turnout, but when people began to get rowdy and move from the sidewalk to the street, she said she was happy to see that request heeded. I was blown away that I could get such big of a crowd to listen to me. I never thought that my voice could bleed over hundreds of people. Aquarius, a former Ben senior high school student and a graduate of the local Job Corps program, told the source, We're not going to make any headway with these riots. I understand that we're angry. I'm angry. I feel it. But I'm infusing my anger with love. The only way to counter hate is with love. While the Ben protest was mostly peaceful, a few counter-protesters circled downtown in large trucks, blowing exhaust fumes on the crowd. In Prineville, police say about 150 people gathered Sunday. There, counter-protesters were even bolder, blowing exhaust and also accosting organizers Amber Van Danik and Josie, who declined to provide her last name for fear of retaliation. Counter-protesters can be heard on a video provided to the source by Van Danik, saying, Go back to Portland, and this is our town, as the protest wrapped up. Both Van Danik and Josie, who is a person of color, live in Prineville. We just wanted to say that we stand with Black Lives Matter, and that this can't keep going on, especially in Prineville, Van Danik said. Both Aquarius, who launched the first Bend protest in Van Danik and Prineville, say they hope to hold a monthly protest in their respective cities. They both also hope to develop relationships with local police departments to keep conversations going around police brutality, training of officers, and other areas of concern. As for other ideas, they both said they're working within their circles, now widened significantly, to come up with other ideas. We are begging people to understand that things are wrong, Aquarius said. In my generation, we are the change. So many youth are behind me, and I need them to understand how powerful our voice is. 
Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Source Weekly Podcast. For more on these and other stories, log on to our website, bensource.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Sam Scholl.